confusion. Amplifying truth. And pursuing clarity. Kevin McCullough, now binge thinking. Kevin McCullough. Something interesting is happening with this. Kevin McCullough, let me start with you. I found this thing at townhall.com by Kevin McCullough. The big dog has come out of nowhere. Kevin McCullough. I just want to help people think. Nationally syndicated radio host and author of No He Can't. Yeah, he's playing the role. As, uh, as well as anybody could. Kevin McCullough is a nationally syndicated radio host and author of No He Can't. The odds are he's right. It's Kevin McCullough Radio. I'm always glad to talk with the people that serve at the people's pleasure in Washington, D.C., because I feel like they have a bit of perspective that sometimes the more insulated uh, officials and representatives don't always have. And that's why the House of Representatives is so important. Congresswoman Claudia Tenney. Congresswoman, thank you for being here. Thank you. It's great to be on. Uh, we're talking uh, all about the new Congress. And since uh, speakership has changed from Pelosi to McCarthy, for you, for someone who is in the trenches working hard for the people that you represent, what is the biggest difference as we sit here right now? Well, first of all, Nancy Pelosi had a record of abusing power, not just exercising extreme power, uh, but she took advantage of every uh, everything she could in terms of getting her the Democrats to vote in lockstep for her far left agenda, whether she agreed with it or not, she got them to vote that way. But it reminded me a lot of my days in the New York State Assembly, where minority members like Republicans were given absolutely no opportunity uh, to have bills on the floor to express themselves. And I think you saw a lot of these new rules uh, that were negotiated actually even before the speaker, the week long speaker challenge, but. Uh, there were some nuances that were added, and that's why you saw this prolonged battle. But I think in the end, it was a very good thing for the American people to see uh, what happens in our country, what a constitutional republic looks like, what free speech looks like, and why it's important to continue to have conversations and not have a uh, the, a dictatorship type of leadership that Nancy Pelosi brought. So Kevin McCarthy is actually... Uh, accepted those rules. We voted on the rules. Uh, obviously, the majority of Republicans supported them. And those rules are important because they empower every single member of the House, which and every single member of the House represents a district roughly the same size. And that's essential to self-governance, which is the opposite of authoritarianism, communist rule, the type of government that Nancy Pelosi ran and the type of government that so many Democrats have either been forced to accept or or advance unwittingly or some quite wittingly, I might add. Yeah. And I lived in a communist country, so I know the difference. Well, and um, we could talk about that at some length, but let me <laughs> let me cut to the quick here. We're dealing with um, issues in, in kind of a polar opposite way than they've been dealt with in the last two years. Um, and Mr. McCarthy has made some big changes. He came right in, right, right to the fore and said, People are not going to sit on committees that they're not qualified for or that they couldn't even pass a, a, a security clearance test for. Um, and he's he's riled some people up. But I, to your point, I think the American people appreciate that. What's your what's your read on that? Look, I think the people want to see this. They want to also be able to see in action. Now, we, you know, we've had C-SPAN for years, but nobody's really watched it because it doesn't seem to be that exciting because you didn't get to see what you got to see. Uh, on live TV into the late into the uh, hours of the night. And uh, but I think it's really good that Kevin has taken a stand on two people who serve on a critically important committee. This isn't like any other committee in in Congress. The Intelligence Committee is very important because members on that committee are entrusted to secrets of the United States of America. They're a special group of people that need to meet security clearances that aren't going to be leaking documents, that aren't going to be lying to the American people, that aren't going to be having relationships, whether they did or not, or to what extent we don't know, with our enemies, uh, you know, Chinese spies, as with, in the case of Eric Swalwell, or people like, uh, you know, Adam Schiff, who knew he was lying to the American people, but did it repeatedly. He knew that the Russia collusion hoax was fake. He knew that Perkins Coey had paid uh, Christopher Steele to create this dossier to work against Donald Trump to try to 
remove the sitting president of the United States yeah. with a surreptitious plan that we and he still served on the committee. So I think Kevin is, is right to make sure that they aren't reappointed to that committee because neither one of them does deserve it because they don't they don't have the requisite integrity to handle these secrets and the important trust of the American people on those committees. Let's talk about the actual day job. You guys are going to be facing a lot of issues. And issue number one is uh, the border and the national security component of what that means to us and how it's impacting, you know, Joe Biden argues just border states. Uh, you say every state is a border state now. Um, what is what is the priority, how you go about doing it, and can you get uh, Democrats to join the cause? Well, every state is a border state, but New York is, in fact, a border state. We have the northern border, and my district goes all the way almost almost to that northern border where we have a, you know, a Native American reservation there uh, that's run by the state troopers and run by uh, the uh, governor of New York, who I don't feel like is a trustworthy person, or at least she's certainly not competent, which she's proved over and over again. But then this issue with the southern border could very easily be replayed in our northern border. But it's the sovereignty of the United States, regardless of which border we're talking about, and what we're seeing at the border being controlled by cartels who are using human trafficking, drug trafficking to destroy this country. We just saw astronomical numbers coming out since the Biden administration, 4.5 million across the border and over a million gotaways at this point. People, we have no idea who they are. And to say they're coming from the, you know, the southern or the, the northern triangle uh, countries because they're seeking asylum. It's a very naive and false claim made by Democrats and our so-called borders are uh, Kamala Harris, the vice president. We know that people are coming from as many as 130 countries, and they're taking advantage of Americans, bringing deadly fentanyl, bringing crimes into our communities. They've arrested so many on sex crimes, rape, all these things happening to young children. It is a disaster at the border, and it's, it, and it's costing the American people not just our security and our safety and our sovereignty, but it's actually costing the taxpayers billions of dollars mm. to deal with these people uh, to move them around. Many of them have ended up in upstate New York. We saw the, the secret flights into Westchester. Now we have this small little hamlet of Jamestown, New York, where uh, a number of illegal immigrants have been spotted and identified. And, and uh, these, co these communities cannot handle this influx. You saw Eric Adams complain about 2,000 immigrants. Imagine 4.5 million coming across your border. He's actually recognized it and calling on the Biden administration, Eric Adams being the mayor of New York City, calling on the Biden administration to do something about this. And the only leverage we really have right now is through our power of the purse, a unique power that is given to the House of Representatives only, not to the Senate. But unfortunately, we're kind of in a bind between now and the end of the budget year in September because a bunch of Republicans in the Senate side decided to, uh, instead of letting us negotiate the debt ceiling and these important appropriations uh, measures that we have, Instead of letting this Green New Deal go through with this appropriations bill and this new uh, trillion dollar uh, omnibus bill, along with the Inflation Reduction Act and the American Rescue Plan put through by Joe Biden, we have to wait till September to really have that leverage and the power of the purse. 18 senators voted to get this over with last year instead of doing a continuing resolution until February and letting us use our power to leverage and negotiate for, on behalf of the American people. So we're going to be, you know, we're not getting subpoenas re uh, responded to, but we're going to uh, try our best to make sure that we hold them accountable. We have committee meetings. We have hearings. We bring these people before them. We expose the scandals with Hunter Biden and all the scandals we've seen in the past. I'm going to yeah. be on the oversight committee and the House of uh, Ways and Means Committee, and we're going to be definitely going after the IRS and seeing uh, the way that they've been uh, lying to the American people as well. Congresswoman Claudia Tenney from New York, we appreciate your efforts. Uh, stay in the trenches, fight the good fight. And if there's anything we can do, just let us know. But thank you for being with us. Thank you so much. Great to be on, Kevin. You got it.
This is Jerry Boyer for townhall.com. Recent media coverage celebrating falling inflation is taking a victory lap a little too early. Yes, inflation is lower, somewhat. It certainly has come down from the stratospheric levels of nearly 10% a year, but at 5% a year, it's still unacceptably high. There's no grounds for our policymakers to declare victory. The job just is not done. Rising demand for inflation hedges like gold, Bitcoin, and inflation-protected bonds and foreign currencies show that investors know that the inflation crisis is not over yet, even if the ruling class which caused it and benefits from it is in denial. You don't need a Ph.D. in economics to know what's going on. You just need to go to the store and buy a dozen eggs. When pay doesn't keep up with the cost of living, that means you're losing ground, and government is the culprit. I'm Jerry Boyer. Publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. Let's be real. Retirement is expensive, and inflation is making it even harder with the cost of everything going up from pet food to a dozen eggs. Wouldn't it be great? If the cost of your health care could go down, well, MediShare 65 plus is $99 a month for ages 65 to 74. And for many with Medicare Parts A and B looking at other options, that's 50% or more saved per month. No gimmicks. It's $99 a month, and you can use any Medicare-approved doctor or facility, and you get 24-7 access to telehealth from the convenience of your home. Better yet... MediShare is a Christian nonprofit organization. It's a community that will pray for you and encourage you. And since we've cut out the middleman, you get to keep the savings. Call now. You can learn more about MediShare 65+. Here's the number. 833-SHARE-55. That's 833-SHARE-55. 833-SHARE-55. AM 570 and 102.3 FM, The Mission, WMCA. Listen online at WMCA.com. Tune in iHeart Alexa or Odyssey.com. All right, Kevin McCullough, and every week I promise you, if you'll send uh, a real-life question, Mike Connors is going to answer one each week uh, from the mailbag. Uh, Mike Connors, of course, of Connors and Sullivan. Mike, this week's question, uh, my cousins are fighting as to who owns their mother's house in Queens. My aunt is alive, but she's not saying a thing. How do you find out who legally owns a house? Signed, Susan from Flushing. Mike? All right. Well, if the aunt is in Queens, it's very easy to find out whose name is on the deed. There's a system called ACRIS, A-C-R-I-S, and you plug in the address and your deed, assuming the deed was recorded in the last almost 60 years now, the deed will show up on your computer and you know whose name is on your deed. I know a lot of times when the confusion happens, let's say a husband and wife own a property together, one of them dies, sometimes the kids think, hey, dad died, I get half the house, a part of half the house. Usually most of the deeds are written husband and wife, so if something happens to the husband, it all goes to the wife. But there's no mystery about it. You can just... Get into the system and find out, get the deed. And it's very user-friendly. If you just know the address of the property, you can get the deed in minutes. All right. And then uh, if you have any other questions about house ownership and how to pass that down via a trust or will through your end of life, Connors and Sullivan are the people that will help you do that uh, spectacularly. Uh, And all you have to do is call them, 718-238-6500, 718-238-6500. And then make sure that you're listening as Mike Connors answers more questions with me, Kevin McCullough, each week right here. But he also answers them on his broadcast, 8 a.m. Saturday mornings on AM 570 and 102.3 FM, The Mission, WMCA. And Sunday mornings starting at 11 on AM 970, The Answer. Mike Connors, thanks so much. Thank you, Kevin. Listen to Global Spiritual Revolution Radio with Bishop Larry Gators. Bishop Gators is 100% pro-Christ, pro-life, pro-Constitution, pro-U.S., and pro-President Donald Trump. Tune in Monday nights at 930 on AM 570 WMCA. Don't miss it. Do you want to walk in integrity and victory, forever transformed by the power of God? Join Pastor Ray Hagistilianos of Living Word Christian Church of White Plains, New York, weekday afternoons at 2 for More Than Conquerors. As a teaching pastor for more than 35 years, Pastor Ray's heart and vision is simply to build up God's army, enabling them to stand strong in their faith. Remember, just because the journey gets difficult, it doesn't mean God's not in it. More Than Conquerors, weekday afternoons at 2 on WMCA. Want more AM570 The Mission? Take us on the go with our Listen Live feature at am570themission.com or download our AM570 The Mission app today. Just go to the iPhone App Store or Google Play Store and search AM570 The Mission. 
You're listening to Kevin McCullough Radio, coming to you live from the Connors & Sullivan Broadcast Studio. Breaking news as it happens. You're listening to Kevin McCullough Radio. Okay, as you just heard in my monologue, um, the breaking news is that the lawyer said it's his laptop and who, who? what right do you have, Giuliani? What right do you have, uh, Mr. Computer Repair Guy? Uh, you, you, you didn't have any right. Uh, remember, it was an, an abandoned laptop, though, right? He, he literally walked in and handed it to Mr. Isaac. Uh, anyway, someone who wrote about this at the time, someone who uh, has uh, written about it uh, very persistently and consistently since then, and someone who is part of that dreaded New York Post operation and all the misinformation they were dishing out around the election in 2020. Miranda Devine rejoins us. Miranda, I'm trying to make heads or tails of the mishmash that Hunter's lawyers put out today, but they really honestly think Americans are stupid. That that Rudy Giuliani or the the, the computer repair guy in some way committed crimes when it's likely that some of the stuff on the laptop has references to some of the classified information that is uh, that has you know been of people's peaked interest in recent days, and that's that's on the lighter side of the stuff that's on the hard drive. What do you make of this? Well, hi, Kevin. Um, I, I think it's really just uh, an attempt by Hunter Biden and his lawyers to go on the offensive, and uh, they don't really have much, so they're really grasping at straws. Uh, it's pretty obvious that John Paul MacIsaac, the computer repair shop owner, um, was authorised by Hunter Biden to open his laptop. And that's, you know, he has a work order with Hunter Biden's signature on it and his phone number and uh, so on. And uh, Hunter Biden and his father, Joe Biden, have been saying for now over two years that the laptop is, you know, Russian disinformation, or I think Hunter yep. said, oh, it might be mine, but it could have been stolen. Uh, but Joe Biden called it a Russian plant when he was on stage with Donald Trump in that final debate of the 2020 presidential campaign. He turned around and said that it was basically Russian disinformation. He called it a Russian plant. And he cited five former CIA directors who had signed that letter um, uh, you know, that very dishonest letter uh, claiming that the laptop was, in fact, Russian disinformation, although they put it a little differently. They said, has all the earmarks of a Russian information operation, which is uh, technically, I guess, in their mind, something different. But they knew that everyone would hear it as Russian disinformation. And so that's the way Joe Biden described it. And it was uh, basically that's how the rest of the media treated it, as just um, a Russian propaganda operation. And so the story was ignored, and the American people was denied the due diligence they should have had on one of the candidates for president. And Joe Biden now sits in the White House. And as you say, there are problems with his classified document scandal that are now seeming to overlap with Hunter Biden's laptop and, of course, that uh, Delaware investigation that's been going on since 2018 by the U.S. attorney there into Hunter Biden and his business dealings. Yeah. Well, so here's what I'm curious about. You, you, you mentioned the five CIA, CIA guys, which I had uh, forgotten about. There's so much about this uh, total story that I think most of the country has forgotten, and yet almost every little jot and tittle of it is m of magnificent importance. If if this all kind of unravels at the rate at which it looks like it's about to, uh, and you're going to have hearings in the House, and there's going to be people asking really direct questions, people like Jim Jordan and others that are not going to take you know silly stuff for answers, um, it 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 would appear now that at the very minimum amount, you've got a web of a conspiracy here that whether they knew that they were acting badly or not they certainly weren't telling the truth when the cia uh, people signed that letter and so forth but they're just that's just one small part you've got all of these all of these different parts and pieces moving in the direction of trying to cover this up trying to sub uh to subvert the the actual truth from getting out there 
I mean, this is a major, major scandal, and it, it traps, to me, dozens of people. Uh, and I think you're going to get one or two of them to eventually turn. What do you think, Miranda Devine? I, I think so. I mean, already um, we're getting whispers that uh, the James Comer's oversight committee hearings and Jim Jordan as well um, have got some members of Hunter Biden's circle uh, talking to them. Uh, they can subpoena these people. And, of course, there have been a lot of whistleblowers from the FBI who've come forward to talk about um, you know, the other half of this story, uh, which is the cover-up. Right. And like Watergate, it may end up being worse than the original story of corruption. Uh, it clearly involves the FBI, who had that laptop since December 2019 when John Paul MacIsaac handed it over to them. Uh, and, um, and, and they also, they buried that, but they also buried the information in the five-and-a-half-hour voluntary interview that, one of Hunter Biden's former business partners, Tony Bobolinsky, gave. Yes, I forgot about that. The yeah. 2020 election. Yeah. He handed over the contents of three of his phones. He was very concerned about Joe Biden and about um, his involvement with China and the potential uh, danger to national security. And uh, he wanted the FBI to be aware of it. And again, from the whistleblowers and also from their, the FBI's lack of action and lack of follow up with Tony Bobolinsky. Um, we uh, hear that the FBI, again, that same cabal within the Washington field office uh, and headquarters, I'm assuming, um, covered it up. They just buried it and locked it away to ensure that other agents um, who weren't in on their gig uh, didn't access it. I guess there, I mean, John Paul MacIsaac is suing Hunter Biden for defamation. Yeah. Um, this could be some kind of retaliation. You know, it comes just uh, a week before um, the uh, James Comer's Oversight Committee starts its hearings into this, um, basically all the disclosures from the laptop from hell. Uh, and that includes their first hearing. They'll be hearing from James Baker, the former FBI lawyer, top lawyer, who was instrumental in all the Russia hoax uh, stuff. And uh, he then... Uh, fortuitously turns up at Twitter eight months before the 2020 yeah, election right. as their second to the top lawyer. Uh, so James Baker will be testifying under oath and so will um, another of Twitter's lawyers who was involved in suppressing our story. They censored our story the day it came out, October 14, 2020. Um, and uh, also there will be a, another guy called Yoel Roth, a former Twitter employee who uh, was basically the chief censor, and he was, again, instrumental in censoring the New York Post when we published that first tranche of emails from the laptop. And uh, he has said in another uh, deposition um, uh, or a sworn statement uh, in a separate lawsuit, he has admitted that the FBI came to Twitter and warned them about... Um, uh, basically a dump of Russian disinformation and uh, that was before the 2020 election and the FBI warned them that it would come likely in October and might involve Hunter Biden. So they were kind of groomed. Sure, sure does seem story. like they were prescient on that. Uh, wow. Mm -hmm. wonder how they knew that was coming. Hey, if you're wondering how Miranda remembers all this stuff, she wrote it all down in her book, Laptop from Hell, uh, it's a bestseller and kind of the definitive work on what was there. Miranda Devine, never miss her in the New York Post and uh, watch her on Fox News. Miranda, thanks for being with us. Terrific. Good to talk to you. Bye-bye. You got it. There she goes. Kevin McCullough, come on right back. Guys, this Valentine's Day, give her the next best thing to wearing nothing at all. Available exclusively at Pajamagram. Sexy, sultry, naturally new pajamas feel just like her soft skin. Even more alluring than lingerie, the texture and touch of these pajamas is so seductive that you'll both love the feel of them. Leave nothing to the imagination with naturally new pajamas. Go to pajamagram.com right now and save 25%. Pajamagram will even wrap the whole gift up for free. 
That's right, 25% off naturally nude pajamas and free gift packaging. Listen, if you missed out on this offer during Christmas, don't make the same mistake twice. But you need to order today because last year they sold out before Valentine's Day. Here's what you do. Go to pajamagram.com right now. That's pajamagram.com. Use code NUDE, N-U-D-E, and save 25% off your order of naturally nude pajamas. Order now. Hi, Kevin McCullough. Can I have two minutes of your time? Because in the next two minutes, there is a woman who is going to find out the news here in the tri-state area that she is pregnant with an unexpected pregnancy. And while this month celebrates abortion across the nation, we would like it to celebrate something else. Maybe the day that her baby is saved. Scott Wilder is here from Preborn. How does it work? And here's the way it works. You provide ultrasounds and ultrasounds save lives because ultrasounds are the truth. A lot of people talking about follow the science, follow the science on climate change, follow the science on the boosters, follow the science. How about following the science on life? We know so much more today than we did in 1973. This is the Sanctity of Human Life Month, and we invite you to join us and save lives by providing ultrasounds. It's easy to do. It's ours to do. And we're standing. We're praying for you right now that you would just say, yeah, I'm not going to wait another minute. I'm going to start 2022 the right way. I'm going to stand for life because this is an inside job. If we don't do it, it's not going to be done. And so would you stand with us today? 833-850-2229 is the number. 833-850-BABY. If that's easier to remember, you can also give online at WMCA.com. But friends, right now, there are young women making the decision to abort or to uh, carry that baby to, to term. An ultrasound gives her a chance to see that baby living, to hear that baby breathing and making noise and uh, fluttering about inside her womb firsthand. And friends, I don't know if you're like me, but the first time I saw my unborn child on an ultrasound, it melted me like uh, candle wax. So this is the opportunity. You can help save a life right now. 833-850-2229. A five-pack of ultrasounds can be banked for a gift of $140, a 10-pack for $280. They are $28 each. Could you be generous and give right now? 833-850-2229 or WMCA.com. Again, that number, 833-850-BABY. This is an important notice to consumers facing $10,000 or more in credit card debt, medical bills, or other unsecured debt. You may not be required to pay it all back because there are special programs now in effect that will significantly reduce the amount you will owe if you qualify. This is not bankruptcy or a debt consolidation loan. These programs, which the credit card companies like to keep secret, exist to aid American consumers struggling with overwhelming credit card debt by offering tremendous savings and real debt relief. Accredited Debt Relief has established a special hotline for you to call and learn what savings you qualify for. They've helped qualify consumers with over a billion dollars in debt and are A-plus rated with the Better Business Bureau. So don't wait. Get the relief you need during these hard economic times. For this free information, call the Accredited Debt Relief Hotline now. Call 800-786-2300. 800-786-2300. That's 800-786-2300. You're listening to Kevin McCullough Radio, coming to you live from the Connors & Sullivan Broadcast Studio. confusion, amplifying truth, and pursuing clarity. It's Kevin McCullough Radio. All right, Kevin McCullough, glad to have you with us. Remember at the time of the withdrawal from Afghanistan, I reported at length about the numbers of people that we were leaving behind and kind of the, the every general we've had on the show since then has cited that as part of the utter disaster of uh, how that came to an end uh, and so forth. Well, it didn't come to an end for people that were still stuck there. And my next guest has helped rescue more than 12,000 Americans and allies that had worked with the Americans while they were there. Uh, Chad Rubichaud is his name. He's author of Saving Aziz, who is uh, one of those that he helped rescue. Uh, Chad, welcome. It's good to have you. Uh, thanks so much for having me on, and especially for uh, sharing this important, important story. Yeah. Well, what is the situation right now? Bring us up to date. How many uh, Americans or American allies do we feel still may be trapped in Afghanistan? Well, I mean, uh, you know, Afghanistan right now is sort of like North Korea, where it's uh, just a black hole. No one really knows what's happening there unless the Taliban allows us to know outside of, you know, people sending their personal messages. But uh, 
There's 40 million Afghans uh, in Afghanistan, 20 million women that are uh, that are going to be sexually enslaved the rest of their life, being married as young as nine years old, no human rights whatsoever, no health care for women, uh, forbidden by the Taliban. And, uh, and there's 75,000 of our allies that fought alongside of us for 20 years that were promised uh, that were promised a process to have a chance to immigrate to the United States based on their service to America contractually uh, have been left behind in addition to their family members who would also apply, uh, qualify for SIV, special immigrant visa processes. Not to mention, uh, we, we know that there are still Americans left behind that can't find a way to safety or a way out. And, uh, and, and, you know, and we could keep going on and on you know, to include our $85 billion in equipment and forfeiting, you know, Bagram Air Force Base, which is the most strategic place in the globe between Iraq, Iran, uh, Russia, and China. And so this, place, this thing was a complete disaster and cost American lives, lives of our allies, and weakened our, our national and global security. Yeah. Well, uh, talk to me about how you were able to get 12,000 people out. How did that work? Yeah, actually, overall, we, we ended up getting 17,000 people out. It started with uh, Aziz, who's my interpreter. Uh, I was in a special operations task force that allowed me to work uh, in a very independent capacity with one interpreter for all eight of my deployments, and his name was Aziz. Uh, but he wasn't just my interpreter. He's my teammate, and ultimately, you know, Aziz became my friend. He saved my life on multiple occasions. Uh, I, I lived in his home. I ate dinner with his family. I, I was there. I held his, his oldest son and daughter when they were born as babies, and, and he held them as babies. And, you know, so he's family to me, and I, I couldn't leave him there as him and his wife and his six kids to be killed by the Taliban for the work that he did for myself and uh, and for Americans. And uh, so I made a decision to put together a small team, special operations veterans. Uh, we ended up assembling a team of 12 of us, and, uh, and we put together this, this effort to go get Aziz's wife and kids, and that sparked a movement to where we made the decision to really be obedient to a burden that we felt God was putting in our heart to help as many people as we could, and Americans, interpreters, their families, women and children. And ultimately, that led to uh, not just saving Aziz and his family, but 17,000 people. And, you know, I, I captured it all and, and, and journaled yeah, it all the all, whole time and captured it in the book, Saving Aziz. It's all in the new book, Saving Aziz. Um, let me ask you, Chad, the um, the efforts now, have they all but come to an end? Are, are you still working on active cases that are, you know, people reaching out saying we're, we're trying to get out and we can't? Uh, unfortunately, Kevin, I wish we could, uh, but... The White House and the U.S. State Department has pretty much closed all doors for any NGO to participate in moving out uh, uh, people trapped in Afghanistan. Um, not only uh, is, is, are they blocking uh, you know, the people doing the right thing with the special immigrant visas, but they've even, um, they've even blocked us from moving people to third-party countries. And so, I mean, our, our evacuation efforts were not to bring people to America because I'm not the State Department. We want right. to move people out of Afghanistan. But to move people out of Afghanistan, you have to have a visa for, the, uh, for them to go somewhere or you have to have the humanitarian center to bring them to. And we had, we had worked that deal with Abu Dhabi with the royal family early on in our evacuations. However, the U.S. State Department has pretty much uh, went around the globe and stopped that process for NGOs around the world by saying, you know, do not take uh, these refugees uh, from Afghanistan. And why why, would, why would the administration want to do that for Americans and American allies? Well, I mean, they can't do it for Americans. I mean, uh, they, they have no ability to stop Americans from coming back to America or green card holders. Uh, but they certainly hadn't went out of their way to help Americans. And, uh, and, and additionally, they, uh, they can their uh, diplomatic power to stop other countries from from bringing people in for uh, for bringing Afghans in, and they have that. And, uh, to answer your question as to why, I don't know. Uh, it doesn't yeah. make any sense, um, especially for uh, you know a, a administration that's that's you know for pro illegal immigration. Ten thousand people a day. Well, that's that's the and that's that's the that's the final point. You you've got millions of people coming across the southern border, and they're not jolly well eager to do anything about that. And here you have people that that our people depended on and our lives were saved by, and they're they're literally forcing them to stay enslaved. We'll talk about this more at some other time, but I really appreciate you being with us, Chad. The book is called Saving Aziz, and uh, just doing great, great work. Appreciate all that you've done with Save Our Allies. Kevin McCullough, coming right back. Don't go away.
Hi, Kevin McCullough. MyPillow is having their biggest bed sheet sale ever. The MyPillow Percale sheets are available in a variety of colors and all sizes now on sale. For example, the queen size regular, only $89.98, now only $39.98 with your promo code WMCA. Order now as there is a very limited supply. The MyPillow Precale sheets are breathable and have a cool, crisp feel. They have deep pockets to fit over any mattress. The MyPillow Percale sheets come with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. So go to MyPillow.com and click on the Radio Listener Square and use promo code WMCA to receive the MyPillow Percale sheets for as low as $29.98. Order now because when they're gone, they're gone. Go to MyPillow.com or call 800-651-0798 and use the promo code WMCA. That's 800-651-0798, 800-651-0798, and promo code WMCA. Wesley Financial Group is not a law firm. This story is called The Ugly Truth About Timeshare. If you think you've done your family a favor by buying a timeshare, you need my help. Hello, I'm Chuck McDowell, CEO and founder of Wesley Financial Group. Ten years ago, I started helping folks cancel their timeshare. And in the process, started what's now called the timeshare cancellation industry. Timeshare is the only thing that you can buy that you can't tell me how much it's going to cost or when it's going to end. When you buy a timeshare, you give them a blank check to fill out any amount they want for annual maintenance and assessment fees. The crazy thing is, this never ends. Even when you die, your family's now going to be stuck with this burden. Stop the insanity today. Call my office now. If we take you as a client, I guarantee we'll cancel your timeshare or you'll pay nothing. Call for your free information kit. 800-626-5252. That's 800-626-5252. 800-626-5252. Download the AM570 The Mission mobile app on iTunes, Google Play, or listen on WMCA.com, TuneIn, iHeart, Alexa, or Odyssey.com. This is Pastor Matthew Recker with the Heritage of Faith Conversations program. Join us every Sunday night at 6 p.m. to get Bible questions answered live on the air. Join us Sunday night at 6 p.m. Hi, Kevin McCullough. I've been talking about the court reporting program at Plaza College because court reporters are such an essential part of the legal field. Plaza College has been around since 1916, and not only do they have the School of Court Reporting, but they have four other schools of study, including their new School of Nursing. The Accelerated Bachelor of Science in Nursing program can be completed in just 16 months. Students complete their curriculum in the new Center for Healthcare Simulation on Plaza's campus and within the best hospital systems in New York City. Just visit their website at plazacollege.edu. That's P-L-A-Z-A college.edu. Plaza also has a dental hygiene program with a 20-chair community clinic. Students work on live patients under the supervision of a dentist. It's incredible. If you want additional information regarding the programs I mentioned or Plaza's other areas of study, like their School of Business and Paralegal Studies or School of Allied Health, just visit their website at plazacollege.edu. That's P-L-A-Z-A college.edu. WMCA welcomes the new show, More Like Jesus, with Pastor Dave Gustafson. The missing piece to all of this is Jesus. And here's why. Because Jesus died on the cross for our sins. And by doing that, he connected us with the power of God. Listen Monday through Friday evenings at 6.30. And I realize that to the world, it seems foolish, but it's not. It is the key to all of this. More Like Jesus on AM 570 and 102.3 FM, The Mission, WMCA. Want more of AM570 The Mission and our hosts? Then interact with us. Follow us on Twitter for encouraging tweets, what's coming up on the radio, news from our ministries, deals from our advertisers, and more. Our handle is at AM570 The Mission. Come tweet with us. You're listening to Kevin McCullough Radio, coming to you live from the Connors & Sullivan Broadcast Studio. Breaking news on the trending technology you need and can't live without. Ari Zoldan of Quantum Media Group, exclusively on Kevin McCullough Radio. All right, it's uh, Tuesday, and that means we get to chat uh, technology and some of the breaking news in the tech world, uh, which has some big names attached to it this particular week. Ari Zoldan rejoins us. And Ari, um, I think a lot of people have lost track. Where does the Twitter deal stand with Elon Musk? And, um, you know, what's the latest on that? It's been a while. I know that there's been, uh, you know, 
legal documents flying back and forth and subpoenas and other things, but uh, it, I don't think we're quite aware of where things stand currently. Right. So um, great to be back, Kevin. So, yeah, Twitter's, um, Twitter's in the process of, of, uh, of deposing Musk. And, uh, and on the other side, um, Jack Dorsey uh, is also set to be deposed. So that, that's where they are right now. Um, you know, this could go, you know, I think two ways. Either they're going to look to settle uh, relatively quickly, you know, or this could become a pro- protracted um, legal battle, which, um, quite frankly, I think is a, is a huge waste of time and money. And, and you know, the only ones that, that went out there are, are the attorneys that are going to amass an enormous amount of money with their legal yeah. bill. You know that they're hoping for the, uh, the, the latter and not the former. Let me, let me ask you, though. If we're like breaking this down into bite sized chunks for my for my listeners, um, Musk put a deal on the table, 44 billion. He wanted to buy Twitter. Uh, then in the process of the normal discovery that goes on in a in a purchase, uh, they were unwilling to um, explain or had an incapacity to to explain uh, the number of bots that are on the program and either whether they couldn't or they were choosing not to, uh, said they would not disclose uh, that. And that was one of the primary things he wanted. Um, and it seemed like he was going to try to back out of the deal. Is he, is he kind of back into the deal at this point? Or, I mean, cause I don't think they've been able to disclose anything that even disproves his theory of, of how many bots they have. Where, where does the, where are the where are the chess pieces at on the board right now? Right. So so initially, what what happened was a, a deal was set at at forty four billion dollars, subject to like what you said, um, due diligence, discovery, um, where really gives it gives the opportunity um, for both sides to trade information, but more importantly to to start you know looking under the hood, if you will, um, understanding the op- in the operations of the company, uh, who's doing what, the roles, the responsibility, the processes, procedures, protocols, um, and really understanding you know what exactly Twitter's biggest asset is. Um, and, and according to to Musk, uh, Musk felt that the number that they were providing for how many quote unquote and and there is fake accounts. I don't think anybody is uh, is disputing that. But um, the the amount of actual fake accounts is a lot larger than Musk had anticipated. Uh, going into the deal. Um, so there's an argument between whether how many quote unquote fake spam, you know, bot accounts are out there. Um, and he felt it was, you know, much larger than Twitter said it was. Um, therefore, um, he backed out of the deal. So that, that's where things are right now. And Twitter is going after Musk, um, suing them for a, a breach of contract. Who is Pieter Zatko and what factor does he play in this does he bolster musk's case that twitter might not be as valuable as they had previously presented themselves exactly so he's interesting he's really um, a very very credible security uh professional and he's been in in the cyberspace for a very very long time Uh, if you're in the industry in the tech industry he has a household name so people are familiar with him and his work is really really stellar Um, he was hired by by dorsey uh, internally to run a lot of their security operations and he came out as, as the whistleblower against dorsey and against twitter saying hey twitter's got you know an enormous amount of links uh, uh leaks that are um, that are present in their in their ecosphere in their ecosystem um and he's saying that there's a lot of issues um that that twitter is either you know either aware of and they're not disclosing or not aware of at all that um he believes you know and he mentioned this on kind of a grand scale that um could be a national security threat uh to the united states of america and, and understandably you do have a lot of, of politicians and heads of states and foreign governments using Twitter as a form of communication. And he's saying that Twitter as a platform is extremely, extremely vulnerable um, and, and really dangerous to be able to put out there without proper security measures. And he came out as, as a whistleblower and fully disclosed this publicly. So where does this all go? Um, they're going to do these depositions. If if um, but what is what is the likely outcome here? You know, it's it's hard to tell at this point. Um, you know, Twitter is. Pro- you know, what I'm guessing is that Musk is probably going to write um, 
a, a check, you know, to kind of, you know, there, there are termination fees built into these contracts too. So, um, you know, if he, if he pulls out, you know, he's going to have to write a check for X amount of sum, um, but they're going to argue about that termination fee. Um, and the question also is, you know, whether, um, they were that Twitter was honest about disclosing exactly how many um, fake bot spam accounts uh, are on their platform. Um, what's your hunch? Does the sale go through or does uh, Musk get off? Yeah, no, Musk is going to get off. I suspect he's going to write a check um, and they're going to call it a day. For the for the million dollar cancellation fee or whatever it is? One billion? Exactly, whatever that, for whatever the termination fee to pulling out of the deal is exactly. Yeah. Well, it'll be interesting to see where that goes. Now, this week, um, Mr. Zuckerberg has also, there's been some things revealed about uh, his situation. I guess in the market downturn, he's worth half of what he was before. What's what's going on there? Right. I don't really feel bad for him, quite frankly, Kevin. Um, you know, <laughs> It's hard to. <laughs> it's hard to. Yeah. You know, he's not starving, you know, um, by any stretch of the imagination. Um, but he lost. He lost $71 billion. Um, he's now the only tw- he's now only the, the 20th uh, uh, richest people um, in the world. On the planet, um, yeah. On the planet, exactly. His net worth um, is about $56 billion right now. But if you think about last September, his net worth was, at its high, was $142 billion. So he went from 142 to $56 billion. Um, I'm, I'm still not worried. I'm still not losing sleep over him. That is you know, a lot a- of resource to lose, though. I mean, it's just... That is. That's incredible. That is, you know, and, and, I do, and, and I do think about the, you know, they are very charitable people, you know, so, you know, who who really gets affected also is the, I mean, aside from the shareholders um, that, are, that are losing money, it's the, um, there's also a lot of charities attached to his organization, a lot of nonprofits and yeah. NGOs, and, and I think some of those suffer. I think you're right. All right. Uh, Ari, I always uh, enjoy catching up to you. Thanks for being here. Thank you, Kevin. You got it. Kevin McCullough coming right back. My final thought for the day is next. Get ready to deepen your faith on a spectacular nine-day Mediterranean cruise with Alistair Begg this August. Renew your vision, purpose, and connection with Christ as Alistair powerfully unpacks God's Word during this spectacular adventure. All along our journey, opening God's Word so that we might become more like Jesus. Register today. Call 855-565-5519. 855-565-5519. Or visit deeperfaithcruise.com. Numbers mean much to me because of prostate cancer. I'm Johnny Braggs, the number two for my stepfather who died of prostate cancer and my uncle who suffered so much after prostate cancer surgery. The number 15, 15 years since Dr. Lederman's successful treatment of my prostate cancer. The number zero, which is my PSA, zero after Dr. Lederman's successful prostate cancer treatment. What every man wants. The numbers one, two, three, four, important for every man with prostate cancer. One, getting the most successful treatment. Two, avoiding radical robotic surgery. Three, keeping sexual function. Four, maintaining urinary control. Call my Dr. Lederman. 212 Choices. 212 Choices to consider his prostate cancer treatment for you. Most insurances, Medicare, Medicaid accepted. 1384 Broadway at 38th. Call 212 Choices for prostate cancer treatment. Call Dr. Lederman. 212 Choices. I'm glad I did. You'll be number one with Dr. Lederman. Listen to your favorite Christian programs anytime on the OnePlace app. Download and listen offline. Stream to your car or automated home device. Download OnePlace at Google Play or the iTunes App Store. This is Greg Floyd, president of Teamsters Local 237. Join me for Reaching Out. We'll talk about the issues that matter the most to working families, union members, and everyone who cares about the future. On the next Reaching Out, Greg welcomes back New York City Council member from the 6th District, Gail A. Brewer, to talk about today's council compared to the council she served on 20 years ago. It's Reaching Out, Saturday afternoon at 4.30 on AM 570 and 102.3 FM, The Mission, WMCA. you need to know when you need it it's kevin mccullough radio well i don't know about you but uh, this super bowl is starting to shape up as the uh the shady super bowl of all time 
Uh, did, did you hear the Philadelphia Eagles lineman indicted on rape and kidnapping charges? What's that about? I mean, I know in Philly it's just another day, right? You know, hey, thug life, you know, Philadelphia Eagles. But that's kind of scary. Offensive lineman uh, indicted um, on rape and kidnapping charges. Uh, I don't think he's going to be able to play. At least that's uh, that's what my assumption would be uh, for the big game in a little more than a week. Um, also this, um, I don't know how you get ready for the Super Bowl, but I doubt you took this approach. Well, let me just ask, uh, young man Nick, uh, when you have your Super Bowl party, uh, do you go out and uh, confiscate and steal all the food that you plan to serve there? Of course not, no. Okay, that's good, because you couldn't work for me anymore if you did. <laughs> there's, a, there's a behavior clause in all the Salem contracts. Anyway, uh, a food service director at an impoverished Illinois school district, and I would just say point to a Chicago-area school district that's not impoverished. That would be a whole other conversation. I was there for many, many years. Uh, charged with stealing $1.5 million worth of food, most of which was chicken wings. Vera Liddell, 66, began stealing from the Harvey School District during the height of COVID-19. WGN Television has reported that Liddell ordered more than 11,000 cases of chicken wings for the district with school funds, but took all the poultry for herself. The food was never brought to the school or provided to the students. Prosecutors allege she started stealing while students were learning remotely, but the district was still providing meals available for pickup. It's unclear what happened to the tens of thousands of pounds of chicken wings. The local station, WGN-TV, did not report the day um, of the arrest. The alleged scheme was apparently uncovered when the district manager conducted a routine audit in January of 2022 and found food costs uh, $300,000 over budget just halfway through the year. The auditor discovered... Individual invoices signed by Liddell for massive quantities of chicken wings. Girl, Lux or wings? An item that was never served to students because they contained bones, prosecutors said. That's nah, a dead giveaway. Uh, the food service provider employees uh, all knew Liddell by name due to the massive amount of chicken wings she would purchase, prosecutors said. Liddell's being held in Cook County Jail. That's the really bad one in the Chicago area. For $150,000 bond, the district told CBS it could not comment due to the ongoing investigation. Uh, You want wings for your Super Bowl party? Okay, just go buy them. Don't steal them from the poor kids in the, you know, the the dilapidated Chicago public schools. Don't do that. That's just wrong. Uh, Anyway, uh, Shady Super Bowl is on. Rapists and kidnappers and chicken wing thieves. It's shaping up to be a great game, right? (laughs) Oh, well. Kevin McCullough is saying uh, thanks for being with us today. And uh, join us tomorrow at this same time as we seek to uh, muscle up the mind, build up the brain, gain clarity. We We just get some common sense here. Don't steal the wings. It's not that hard. Then you get to avoid jail. Kevin McCullough, we'll see you next time.